Hello! Welcome to Baking with House of Bread. I'm Sheila McCann, your host. Today we're advancing to the sponge method of baking with the honey whole wheat recipe. The sponge is basically one of the many two-step doughs that are out there. The other kind of method is a straight dough. Episode 5 in Grandma's White, for example. And that's where everything goes in at once. So we use a sponge method to avoid the brick of a loaf as the result. Okay, so for the uh, boomers out there and everybody that's kind of older, we remember what whole wheat bread was of our youth. I mean, quite frankly, it was kind of like a hockey puck. It was so hard. I mean, I hated it. And my mom was kind of like the original health nut. She, she would try to get us to eat the whole wheat bread. It was like, yuck. And it's ironic because today I really love whole grains. I mean, honestly, it's not just about nutrition. It's about taste. I mean, I love the flavor and the texture. And the process of baking bread in America has evolved. And the sponge method is what's largely responsible for the nice texture in the whole wheat breads of today. The sponge method serves to soften the hard whole wheat flour and it coaxes out more flavor over time and it gives the yeast a nice, moist, salt-free, rich environment to work its magic. So the whole wheat flour contains the entire wheat berry, right? That's the seed of the wheat. And so you have the endosperm, which is the middle of it, and that's where white flour comes from. And then you have the nutrient-dense wheat germ and the fiber-rich outer layer of the bran. And the bran is really hard, and it serves to protect the wheat kernel. And if you think of it this way, the wheat berry is going to last a long time, you know, for like a year's. But once you grind it into flour, it begins to oxidize, and you lose flavor and nutrition fairly quickly. And that's why freshly milled flour is ideal. But the key is to get stone ground flour or rather flour that's milled at a low heat process in order to preserve the nutritional value. So the commercial whole wheat breads, they're generally made from flour that is milled at super high speed rollers. And because it's um, it's saving money, right? If you do it faster, but it gets so hot, it gets over 451 degrees and basically everything dies. And then the government says, oh, you got to add back, you know, your B vitamins. But, you know, there's 22 nutrients in a wheat berry. And it really is a healthy item. But when you kill everything off and you only add like three back, that's never, it's not so good. So just get yourself some stone ground or flour that's basically milled at a low heat process. In my whole wheat bread recipes, I've played around a lot with different varieties of flour. And what I really settled on is two types of flour. I like a gold flour and a red whole wheat. Okay, so the red whole wheat goes into the first step. It's a harder, stronger tasting wheat, but it's got higher in protein, really high protein content, about 12 to 14%, and that will give the dough strength. Now, the gold flour is a sweeter, nuttier in taste, and it has a slightly less gluten content of around 11 to 12%. And now today, they're calling the gold flour as the white whole wheat flour. And I know that's super confusing, but your white whole wheat flour is 100% whole grain. And I discussed flours a lot more detail in episode one. So if all you have is whole wheat flour that is stone ground, it's going to work just fine, right? So don't have to go out there specially shopping for these. I mean, it's kind of eventually it'd be nice if you got the gold flour and the red flour. And if you're not sure what type of flour you have, it chances are it's going to be a red flour and your recipe is going to taste great. So just use what you had. And in the future, if you want to buy the two different types, I can put a link in my show notes to Eat Montana and they do mail order. 
and actually King Arthur, Bob's Red Mill, they both have some white whole wheat flour and they have the red flour. But the problem is, is that flour is heavy. And it's also one of the nice attributes of home baking is it's cheaper. So if you live near a house of bread, we sell the flour. And so we're happy to sell it to you. Or if you have like health food stores, a lot of times they'll let you buy like the entire bag. You might have to buy 25 pounds of flour. But anyway, the lot, the, it could be a lot cheaper because because um, we ran out of flour one time. So we go to the local health food store, the food co-op, and they just charge us 10% more what they pay. So it's a pretty good deal. And that'll help you keep the cost down. And I know that most people that are home bakers are doing it because it tastes better and for health reasons. But it really can be much more economical, too. Plus, home baking is fun, right? That's why we're here. So once you get the hang of it, bread baking, I promise you, it will be fun. And you will enjoy the process and be proud of results. Plus, remember, any mistakes you make along the way, you're likely are still going to taste pretty good. So you want to start the process by adding your yeast to the water, and then you add the honey. Now, you don't need to test active yeast, but the instant packet types, you really should. They, they come with a coating that has to dissolve to activate the yeast. And what you want to look for is you're going to see bubbles after a few minutes, and then you know you're good to go. Then you add all the other ingredients in the first step. And the water should be somewhere between 98 and 102 degrees. Now, you don't have to take the temperature. Just run the faucet until it feels like basically warm bath water, and you stir the mixture until everything is incorporated. I mean, you can use your stand mixer and you can use, but you don't really need to use a dough hook. I mean, quite frankly, just use your a big spoon or your hand. Okay, remember, it's it's going to be super liquidy and that's what it should be. And you're not, you're not going to be kneading it, okay? So you're just mixing it until it's fully incorporated. But it's going to be about an hour and a half later to two hours when you're actually going to do the kneading after you add the second step. And you'll note that there's no salt in this, okay? And that's an ideal situation for yeast. Salt can counteract yeast, which is why you never want to add it into the first step of a two-step bread. Okay, so then what you're going to do is let the mixture sit covered with a cloth or, you know, some other type of lid is fine too. It's, it's not really that important. Okay, so approximately an hour to two later, depending upon the texture of your room, your sponge will be ready for the second step. And you'll know it's ready because they're literally going to look like a sponge. And I'd estimate about an hour and a half for a room around 70 degrees. Below 60 degrees, it might take you two hours. Above 80 degrees, it might just take you an hour. Also, it's pretty hard to overproof in the sponge stage. It's much more of a concern after you add the second step and shape the dough. So when we plan the production commercially, we write out our bread schedule because the baker's got like six to eight mixes every morning. And the timing of when to mix each type of dough is critical to getting the right proofing time for each dough. And if the baker gets behind, I tell him just to leave the sponges in that state until you're caught up and have time to divide and shape the dough. Now, I also train my bakers that the focus is on the whole grains. Okay, so grandma's white was a no-brainer bread. The whole grains are a brainer bread. And what I mean by that is that they're easier to screw up. Okay, so you just want to be more careful with your whole grain breads. So we plan those doughs, the whole wheat-based ones, for the end of the bake, because really in the morning in production, there's a lot of moving parts for the baker to manage, and, and he or she can get diverted pretty easily. And so commercial baking is, is pretty much a divided attention and time management. As you can imagine, having to mix six to eight doughs every morning 
and then you got to proof them. You got to shape them and you got to bake them. And I also require my bakers to say hello to all the customers or acknowledge them in some manner. We have an open production site, House of Bread, and I call it Bread Theater. That's it's really important, you know, to have bakers who understand that the customer is really the whole reason we're here. Okay, so you can tell if the bread got overproof. What happens is it usually falls apart on you. It's really loose in the middle, and it's really the result of a weak dough, which could be either it's overproofed, or it could actually be extremely underproofed too, and and then undermixed, or you didn't use a bread flour. Something was off that the gluten didn't get properly developed. And the vast majority of commercial breads use what's called weak gluten. I've even seen it in some home baking recipes. It's kind of like cheating, right? You don't have to understand how to develop a strong dough because additions of weak gluten adds strength to the structure. However, I don't recommend it at all. Okay, what it is, it's a super condensed amount of gluten that's just too much for, for the human body to handle. And I suspect vital wheat gluten is responsible for the vast majority of people's gluten sensitivities that I hear about today. And there's even organic vital wheat gluten. Okay, it's still highly processed and it is to be avoided. Now, remember, being organic does not necessarily make it healthy. Okay, so we're going to move on to kneading and shaping. And I'm going to give you the recipe below in the show notes. Um, and I'm also going to just explain what it is. Okay, so you start by making your sponge. Okay, so you have two and a half cups of warm water. Just turn the tap water on, let it run until it feels like warm bath water. And then you're going to add your two packages of instant dry yeast or one and three quarters tablespoon of active dry yeast. And I know three fourths of a tablespoon is not easy to get exact. Just think one tablespoon and another one with a little less in it. Okay, so then you add your three quarters of a cup of honey. Any type of honey is going to do. And then two and a half cups of whole wheat flour, freshly milled, high protein, hard bread flour is preferred. Okay, so you want to start by proofing the yeast if you've got the yeast in the packets. And that basically means just text, testing it to make sure it's still active. I mean, think about it. You want to go through that whole process of kneading and shaping, and then you're sitting there waiting for your dough to rise. It's not rising. You wonder what the heck went wrong. Well, you could have started off with bad yeast. So, yeah, so test those guys in the packets. And to do this, you basically take your large mixing bowl, put the yeast in there and the required amount of warm water, and the yeast is going to start dissolving, and then it should give you some bubbles. If it gives you some bubbles in a few minutes, it's good to go. And you can also add the honey. That'll just make it happen quicker. Nice and sweet for the uh, yeast to start uh, doing its magic. Okay, so then you add the remaining above ingredients, and you mix until the ingredients are fully combined. However, if this is not your kneading stage, do not mix for more than a couple of minutes. And then you cover with a damp towel and place it in a warm place, ideally around 70, 75 degrees for an hour and a half. Now, keep in mind that if you are if you live in uh, Alaska or whatever and you don't want to turn the heat up, well, you don't have to, right? It just keep that temperature and timing in mind. So the lower the temperature, the longer the proofing times are going to be. An hour and a half, two hours later or so, you want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees, spray your loaf pans or your large baking sheet, whatever you're going to do. And then you're going to go on to the second stage of the sponge recipe. So you add a little bit more yeast, another package of instant dry yeast or three quarters of a tablespoon of your active yeast. And three and a half cups of whole wheat flour, freshly milled high protein gold or white whole wheat is the preferred. And then your tablespoon of salt and any type of salt is going to work. 
And so the first time you do this, I really suggest that you follow the recipe exactly, and you're gonna have a great tasting loaf. However, you can adjust for your own personal taste, and you can decrease or increase the amount of salt, use one tablespoon of sugar in place of the honey, or substitute warm milk instead of water, which is will produce a richer bread. But I, I call the bread honey whole wheat. And I mean, I go, I covered this before in previous episodes, so I don't wanna go too much on this, but honey has a lot of nutritional value. And it really adds a lot to your body and it helps preserve the breads. So you can substitute sugar, but I strongly encourage you to try honey first. And if you want to use agave, that's another great one too. Okay, now we get to knead. And I recommend you hand knead. And the reason why I like hand kneading, because especially for new bakers or developing a relationship with the dough and you don't want to put a dough hook between you. Because you're, as you're kneading, you're really feeling the dough and you're, you're noticing, wow, this is, this is absorbing, you know, the water. It's just taking a little bit longer. And I didn't even add any more flour because all your doughs, well, majority of doughs, I should say that, they're going to start out super sticky and they should. And over time, when you're kneading them, it's going to be absorbing water and they'll be less sticky. And so if you're really struggling, like you can't even knead, it's so sticky, then add a little bit of flour. But I'm telling you, just add a little bit at a time because that's what I noticed in some of my in-store baking classes that what they want to do is like people like, well, you know, they're not used to stuff sticking to them and it kind of feels weird, right? So they add, they want to add a bunch of flour and then they get up with a super stiff dough. And then what happens if you try to bake a stiff dough, it doesn't, it, it won't rise very much and you're not going to get any oven, much of an oven spring. So you get that you know, that short, dense brick thing that you're really trying to avoid. Okay, so on the kneading, I'm going to include a link in the show notes to my YouTube page where I talk, where I can show you kneading, which is a little bit easier to show you on a video than talking about it. So what you want to do, you start with the mixture with your hand, or you can use a spoon of some type until the ingredients are thoroughly blended, right? And you're going to start to form a ball that's going to start breaking away from the sides of the bowl. And if the dough sticks to your hand to the point of making it difficult to pull away, then like I said, add a little bit of flour at a time. If it's too stiff, then add some teaspoon of water at a time. And then once you get to that good dough stage, you transfer the dough to a lightly floured flat surface and the kneading process begins. So what you want to do is think about like putting it like a size of a piece of paper right? So kind of a rectangle with a short side facing you. And you start with the palm of your hands. And basically what you do is you're pushing down on the center of the dough. And then you fold it over, turn the dough like a quarter of an inch, and then pushing down with the palms of your hands. And notice I said palms, not fingertips. Your strength is in your shoulders and your back. So if you're using your palms, you're going to access those big muscles. And so you continue this process of pushing, folding, and turning until the dough Basically, it's kind of a smooth, satiny, kind of elastic type of texture. And you're really going to knead for about five to 10 minutes. And when in doubt, just knead a little longer. Uh, and I can tell you by hand, you really are not going to over knead. I mean, honestly, you could sit there for hours and knead by hand, and you're likely still not going to over knead. Okay, so mixer kneading. So you want to start with the mixer on low for about a minute, and then increase the speed to the medium setting for approximately like four to six minutes. And so when I say four to six minutes, that doesn't mean like the machine's on on for four to six minutes. That means that the actual kneading process is going on there. Okay. So 
that dough hook has to be pushing into that dough for the timing to start. And if you're not sure, let it knead a little bit longer. So you really have to feel it with your bare hands, okay? And that's how you're going to tell if you need to add some water or some flour or if you've got that good dough stage. Okay, so then once you get to that good dough stage, now you can shape it as you desire. Okay, so if the dough starts fighting you like it's too stiff, then let it sit there about 10 minutes and try shaping it again. I mean, you kind of want to start shaping doughs sort of quickly with authority. Just get it done. And, and don't worry about trying to be perfect. It's going to take you forever to be perfect. and It's going to drive you crazy. And this particular recipe is, it's a lot of dough. So it's going to make, oh, about two medium-sized loaves, or you could make one large loaf and then some smaller loaves. It also makes great dinner rolls. And we make cinnamon rolls out of our honey whole wheat. And actually that's my favorite cinnamon roll. And so whatever you want to do with the extra dough. So think about what you want to do beforehand. I mean, you can just make all loaves or you can make all cinnamon rolls for that matter. Okay, so you want to start preheating your oven, right? Get 350 degrees. And then your dough is going to undergo the second rising. And that's going to take place in the baking pans or your baking sheets. And it should, when you're using your pans, basically like your traditional loaf pans, you want to put dough into it. So give it at least an inch or two to grow in the pan. So put it in about three-fourths. Because if you look at this way, if you put three-fourths full of dough in that pan, you're going to let it rise to about the top, and then you're going to put it in the oven, and then you got to count for an oven spring, and then you'll have a nice-shaped loaf. Okay, so it's going to bake for anywhere from 30 to 50 minutes. Those are your traditional loaves. Okay, if you're making cinnamon rolls, start with about 20 minutes. And if they're small cinnamon rolls, start with 10 minutes. Just remember one thing in baking is that the smaller it is, the quicker it's going to bake, first of all. The second of all is that all ovens are different, and they all have hot spots, and I don't know how much you've got in that oven. So if you put it full of a lot of product, it's going to take longer to bake. So start on the conservative side with less time, and then you can keep adding more time as the baking process continues. Okay, so on your traditional loaves, you want to check and see if they're done. You can take it out of the pan and kind of tap the bottom. It should be like a nice hollow sound. And, or you can just do yourself a favor and buy a thermometer for like, you know, less than 10 bucks and poke it in the bottom. If it gets to 180, you're good to go. And the bread should cool on a wire rack. It avoids a soggy bottom and let it cool for about an hour or so before slicing. And honestly, you should really wait for the bread to completely cool before slicing. But I, myself, I like hot bread. And so I can't really resist just cutting off a slice. And I like to have a little butter on my bread too. And it really is yummy. I promise you, you're going to love honey whole wheat if you haven't had it before. Okay, so I'm going to include a link in the show notes to the recipe, to our YouTube site for kneading demonstrations, and also to my online whole grain class. And if you are finding that your, your bread's not really turning out, I really encourage you to download the cast. It's super comprehensive. And it's only about an hour long. It costs less than 10 bucks, And it'll be yours to keep to refresh yourself at any time. And there certainly is a lot of videos out there on YouTube and they cover all various aspects of bread baking. But first of all, some of them are kind of bad in content and video quality. And second of all, it just takes too long to go sort through all those videos to find exactly what you need to make the loaf of bread from start to finish. So save yourself some time, get good quality video and content. And I also guarantee everything at House of Bread. And so all my classes, my recipe book, loaves of bread, you know, the energy bars, the cookies, whatever. So if you purchase anything from house bread you don't like it for whatever reason money back 
no problem. Let's say, and if you would like to give me some feedback on these podcasts, I'd love to hear from you. So please feel free to let me know any topics you want me to cover or if there's something I'm doing that I could do better. You know, really, that's how we get better at things, right? So we give people constructive feedback. And so I appreciate you taking the time of your busy day and listening to this. And as always, happy baking, everyone. <laughs>